Listening to Inside Out with Turner and Seth, and we are very excited. This is uh, our come to Jesus moment. We have Jesus from Lettuce, and very exciting time. Jesus, Rob. Lettuce is playing Red Rocks with the Floozies. They're going to play here at the Candler Park Festival of June one. We Atlanta, might be Georgia. We might be there ourselves. And then they're doing Best of All. Most impressive to me, stunningly impressive to me. A residency, a five-night residency at the Blue Note in New York. Legendary historic jazz club, might I add. I mean, seriously, the Blue Note? Do you think they'll do like a Blue Note series and record them live and put those out? And then what is it going to be? Is it going to be Miles Davis stuff or is it going to be like lettuce stuff, like un- like like jazzed out or like, oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, and two of the shows will be three set shows on the 29th and the 30th. So Osiris, fly us out there to recover it. Oh, I would love that. I don't know why I said recover We'll cover it, and then we'll recover from how we enjoyed it. There you go. Uh, but we're going to try to keep it brief here because we have a, f- a friend who help, who's going to help us with this intro. But I want to uh, point out. Well, what are we a part of, Seth? Osiris. That's right, the Osiris Podcast Network. We are a proud member of it. There are so many great podcasts on here. It is a community of like-minded podcasts. But they go beyond music. There's historical, history-oriented ones, and there's all kinds of great stuff. And we're going to be all over festivals and events this summer, including artist interviews, contests, and stuff like that. We did some at Sweetwater. I'll talk about that in the outro. And um, But you're not in the loop. A lot of these people say that you're in the loop. You're not in the loop unless you go to the website and sign up for the email newsletter. And where do they do that? OsirisPod.com. O-S-I-R-I-S. Pod.com. And on that note, you also can uh, check out the uh, if you go to YouTube and you and you type in Osiris Media. There's a channel there, and there's a uh, several different videos that are interviews. Currently, interviews that Rob and RJ did over at 420 Fest uh, with Umphreys McGee, the infamous String Dusters, and Spafford. You guys had an amazing interview with Spafford. Not that the Umphreys one wasn't good, but the, the the Spafford one it was right the week before they released their album. Yep. Um, and. <clears throat> these videos are produced really well. They're put together. So it's the interview with Rob and RJ, RJB, who's the founder, uh, one of the founders of Osiris, as well as the host of the Helping Friendly podcast. Now, Rob and RJ, they really, you know, sorry, dive deep into these interviews. And uh, the videos, though, it's not a video of them interviewing them. The video is just a collaboration of photos and, and uh, different video content from the band. And it's just really put together well. It's a compilation of photos, not a, not a collaboration. Um, but yes, they really, really, they really nailed it. They did a wonderful job. And I want to, I want to point out some of the other podcasts like road to now is just such a great podcast. They just released them with Tom Marshall. I've not heard that yet, but I have heard this episode kills fascists and I am a huge fan of the Guthrie family and he absolutely nailed it. He has a woman on from the Guthrie center, the tour with Ted Canova. I'm a David Bromberg freak, and there were a few things in there I certainly didn't know, including that Bob Dylan called him just recently out of the blue. Uh, uh, David, not Ted. Okay. I was like, right. Still waiting on Bob to call Ted. Give him a call, Bob. And Mark Cohn, uh, I don't know if that's a new episode, but he, he revived it, and it's pretty cool. Uh, last episode, not the 
the kernel episode doesn't count because time has ended. The last uh, numbered episode we did, I mentioned the female-oriented fish podcast, uh-huh. but I failed to mention the name. Shame on me. Oh, and you're gonna get you're gonna be talked to about that <laughs> over and over. Female oh with a P, with a PH, female centrics, and their most recent episode has Kelly D. Morris, great storyteller, creator of the More Project and Be More Now Films. Wonderful woman. Right on, Kelly. Right on, female centrics. Check it out. And by the way, they're kicking ass. They they came right out of the shoot with thousands and thousands of episodes. And part of it's because they're they got a great show, but also part of it is Osiris. You got to You got to think that. Why are you just staring at me? Like, are you about to kiss me? No, I just I'm just remembering that you. Um, if I'm correct, uh, you sir, you sir, have been banned, boycotted. Blocked from uh, a celebrity's uh, Yes, we'll Twitter. talk about that next episode. Can we talk about the next episode? Next episode. But I want to tell everybody that it happened, and you guys got to check this out. Yeah, it's about David Crosby, and we'll, we'll take it in the next episode. You won't believe what tweets got me blocked by David Crosby. <laughs> Other than political people, I've only been blocked by two people. You know, political extremists don't like centrists, you know, pointing out they're extremists, so I get blocked by those folks all the time. But. And- only Bomani Jones and David Crosby. Well, we'll talk about it next episode. Um, but did we mention Relics? Um, Relics is a media partner of Osiris, and Relics uh, help um, is putting out um, a weekly newsletter. Not a, in their newsletters, and whatnot, are mentioning the Osiris Pod, uh, highlighting different ones. So if you're if you are getting their daily sevens, to check that out as well. I want to thank Ira Gross, Andy Estes, Ron Kearns, and the great Johnny Knapp for Johnny for having me out to his house kind and of all of us. He's such a great guy, and we recorded, uh, we did two hours and 45 minutes with him. He's such a good man. And it flew by, and we're going to turn that into Timeless Music Podcast episodes. Um, we would love to, there's plenty of other stuff. We, we got to do a Sweetwater rap. I want to talk about Anthony DeCurtis coming to Atlanta and his new uh, biography, uh, Lou Reed, A Life. And the Andy, he came and performed with the Andy Brown troupe. And I want to talk about the Trey show I saw recently. But we're going to do all that in the outro. So, you, you had something, you, and you've got something going on with the Fox Theater. Yeah, yeah, I'll tell you about that in the, with the night. Nine Inch Nails. What were you going to ask me there? So. Uh, I was going to ask you. I was going to also say I want to thank Harris Sullivan. Absolutely. Um, Harris, Sully, Sullivan. And we got to text and enjoy the Celtics holding LeBron James to 15 points. That's crazy. 15 points. I, well, didn't, we, I didn't realize it's finals. I mean, I know it's, it's the time co- of year. But, conference finals. Okay, but I didn't even think it was that time Probably playing for the right to get our ass kicked by Golden State, but I thought Philly would beat the Celtics, so You're who knows? listening to Sports Radio with Rob Turner. One last thing. Genius, Brad Stevens. He puts a different guy on LeBron. It's, they're rotating who guards him. That's so smart. But most teams can't do that because most teams don't have as many great defenders. As Speaking of great defenders, you want to be defended. Actually, forget that. Well, but, sort of. I mean, if the IRS comes <laughs> after you. But you won't have to be defended. <laughs> the IRS aren't going to come after you if you do your taxes right. Pole Clark, do it right, folks. I know that April's behind us. Now it's time to think about the future. You got done with your ta- uh, taxes for this year, hopefully. And now you're thinking about next year. Get a free consultation, especially if you're in the music industry, bands, touring musicians, etc. Yeah, the key point is that you need someone who really cares about what you're doing when you're in the entertainment industry. Someone who's not going to be in awe of your celebrity or your career or whatever. Someone who's going to say to you, look, it's in your long term. You want to do this now, but it's in your long term interest to do this. You know, sometimes the hard truths are what differentiate someone who's good at something with someone who is great at something. PoleClark.com. So hang into our outro, but in the meantime, we've got a, we've got a special friend to lead us over to the interview, Seth. Seth. Ladies and gentlemen. Blue!
Jesus. Hey, it's Benny. I'm here. Benny Bloom. Would you come play City Winery with us? I would love to play City Winery. It's one of my favorite venues. Is it because of the wine? It's more more of the city vibe. Oh, okay. How? I, who, no, I just who? know. I know Benny really likes the winers. Yes, I'm a wino. How was it playing with John Schofield New Year's? The one winers. Well, uh, John Schofield is one of the greatest modern improvisers and musicians for our generation, and uh, getting a chance to play with him is obviously awesome and he's uh you know he just took the music that we normally do and opened it up and did a lot of extra harmony and a lot of different things that schmeans and uh doesn't really do so it's just a different take on it and uh it was just really open and fun how much do you have to discuss how things are going to unfold with him before none, that none just throw them out there and... well no we rehearsed you know like we did like a couple sound check you know rehearsal like hey this is how the song goes here we go to the bridge we go back to the the beginning and this is how we end it, and you solo here, but nothing like do this, 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 and that. But who's the point man? Any band improvising has to I have mean, a point man, no, right? No, really. We're all point men. We all are paying attention at the same time. And if someone's taking a solo, yeah, but like we know how, when the solo's going to end, we're kind of watching that person. It's like, okay, he's going to stop improvising, and that's it. Well, I got it. While you're here, I got to give you a lot of credit. That, uh, Eric Benny Bloom's earliest jazz shit, shit set shit shit <laughs> was one of the best things on Jam Cruise this year, hands oh, thank down. You. It was I, really fantastic. I, I had a fun time. I mean, last year, the other year was good. This year was good. Yeah, this is real. Like this was real jazz, full, full, yeah. like laid out real jazz. Because real the jazz swing. room doesn't even get become jazz. No, a little bit. There is no, you know, there is no swinging kind of thing. It's all kind of funky things or boogaloo kind of sixties kind of throwback, but nothing is actually swinging. And I don't know why people don't. They can't listen to jazz or, or swinging. Oh, they can for an listen. Hour. Oh, well, yeah. You know, an yeah. hour is not that bad. You know, you can hang out, and it's it's a throwback, and it's fun, and it's, it's well. You you add to it though. You add the whole sticky. You know, well, the can... entertainment factor. That's yes. what it is. It's entertainment. We're entertainers here. We're not. You know, I don't want to be like an artist all day. I'm not Van Gogh over here. Not that good. <laughs> You're Van on the go. Van on the go. His first band name. So. Would you prefer to do it at nighttime next year or during the day? Of course, nighttime, because more people will be there. And that particular jam cruise, people like to sleep. You know, they stay up real late. And it was the last day, and, you know, it's cool. It's just a different vibe in the daytime. Everyone's a lot more tame. At nighttime, people are, like, raging. You can say anything, well, and they'll be... You could say anything, but would people listen to the in the intensity that they did that? I mean, I'm not trying to do, like, a 1230 set. I'd like a nice, you know, like an atrium vibe. If I had an atrium vibe... It would be through the, you know. You wanted an atrium jazz set? An atrium jazz set, tr- Benny Trio. Okay. Would be off the hook. Was Kimok involved this year? Steve Kimok? No, I don't. He doesn't play jazz. He was involved in well, jam he cruise, can but, play. I'm sure he can yeah, do the only, whatever he wants. He but. did that Yo Miles thing out west, and it, you know, it kind of ties in. He did a Miles thing? Yeah, years ago. And, and you guys. Oh, the, 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 bitch, uh, the witches stew. Yeah, I mean, oh, that. Yeah. <clears throat> no, it's available you know, on I, Halloween, I heard. And I told Adam it was yeah, ballsy. Okay. But it's ballsy for you. You're the trumpeter. Well, There's... yeah, it was my idea. You know, I mean, I mean, because yeah, everyone loves Miles, and Miles would not doesn't really want anyone playing his music. Miles wants, you know, you to do your own thing. Maybe be influenced through him, but he wants you to do your own thing. So when we did, you know, I, I just wanted to. No one does tributes to Miles or in that electron electric phase. No one no one does that anymore or never really did. Not many tributes. So I'm like, I'll do that. I love that. I play with pedals. The whole band plays with effects. I've been into this period since uh, as long as I can remember and uh, you just don't see it much. So I think we were the, not the perfect candidates to do it, but we know his music very well and um, 
we just, you know, we just picked a pretty good set. It was really early. It was at like one thirty in the afternoon. It was once again a, a tough, you know, sell. But it was amazing, and um, I hope we get hope we get like special sets with festivals like around the country that bring us in for like just a late night, you know, just the mile set starting at one at one a.m. Like that's a late night because that's all you know trippy yeah. and cool and vibey. It's not like hard funk to your face, you know, like. Oh, and you can you can really set up that whatever the space is with some more ambient stuff. So and much it's if, really cool because if, if you know what you're getting when you're going into the set, if you know what you're going to hear, it's going to be great. And if you guys keep doing it, you'll start fleshing out the material, doing a, a, more of a variety. I mean, there's so much material, and a lot of it's all improvised. Miles' music, like in that period, if you listen to it, it's this little riff, and then they might not ever come back to that riff. No, <laughs> right. and, and it's it's like the original jam band, even more open than like the Dead and stuff like that, and Pink Floyd and that kind of stuff. It's just very, very open material, and I like that. We play extremely structured our whole lives, and then I get a chance to just play something opening, and then let it go from there and if you listen to all the live stuff like like Pangea Agartha um, Black Betty all those things are like super weird and free and freaky like he'll start a song and it'll never go back there which I think is a really ballsy concept and and especially nowadays where everyone's so structured so I, I, I jumped at the opportunity to do that and I'm glad the fans are really into it Although Black Satin has a little more structure and that's shearing right that's one Miles just covered well, I mean that one of the two yeah it, it does but like you know, but it, but yeah, that that I mean from the um that record, but that record was one of his last, I think, for that particular company, record company, and he was really trying to get the young black youth, um, and the, just the whole youth of that culture of that time into his music again. He was really trying to bring the young people in, and that's so he did a lot of like kind of you know like funky disco-y things and. You know, really a lot of like the black exploitation or like the, you know, a lot of was this, he's trying to get his own people really into his music again. And I think that was an amazing, amazing thing to do. Well, we, we want to have a full interview with you. I know. I'm going to do this all day. Isn't, that, isn't this supposed to be for Jesus? Where's Jesus? Jesus? Well, he's probably out the door. I want to do so a skit called Waiting for Jesus. We're always, I'm always waiting for him. He's in the shower. He's doing his hair. He's, he's doing his nails. He's rolling a J. He's practicing. He's always doing something. I like it. Can I ask one last question? Sure. Because in my research, I was noticing from other guys in the band, they said that when you first joined Lettuce, that you kind of played it close to the vest and played the parts and, and kept true, the and then gradually started easing into more and more crazy stuff. Is that is that well, yeah. uh, I accurate? Mean, I mean, that was replacing Rashawn Ross, the great trumpet player and the high note specialist and soloist. And um, I brought my own thing to the game, and I just kept it cool and... Didn't smoke too much and didn't like party too much and drink too much. That's cool. Times and I still have don't. I, mean, I drink a lot, but no, I just uh, I just kept it cool and I still do. But then I start. I brought in my effects. I didn't. No one had. No one was using effects on the horns at that moment. Mm-hmm. And I just kept uh, doing my thing, and they let me have more and more space, and then open up because they didn't really know who I was at that point. So it's really great that they allowed me to to. To um, blossom, to bloom, to bloom, to bloom, to blaze, to blaze. Well, it's great to have you in Atlanta, and I think the proof is that it's a Wednesday night and it's almost sold out. Oh, wow, really? We love you in I Atlanta. I think it is sold out, actually. Is it really? I'm pretty sure. Wow. It's not even 4 o'clock, I'll take it. On a Wednesday in well, Atlanta, you, on a rainy well, Wednesday. you know why? Because it's Inside Out with Turner and Seth. That's why, folks. You, you got the Inside Out bump. That's right. Well, we'll see you soon. Come back. Let me know, call, text me. Tell, let me know when you're going to be, call, when you have text, some, some free dates. You never write. You never call. Well, you know, but I do do those things with the airplanes, and you never look. I don't. Mm-hmm. Seriously, oh. we'd love to pair you up with Nick Johnson, Kevin Scott, some of our local musicians. Have you just go go to town? I like that. Uh, they're, 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 and I've heard of those dudes. Actually, pretty good, pretty good friends of mine. So yeah, give me a call. Let's do lunch. And they can play, can't they? Yep. Hey, I'll, I'll meet you. I'll meet Inside you at out the. Inside Out with Turner and Seth. 
I'll meet you at the salad bar. Oi. to Inside Out with Turner and Seth. I'm here, your boy Eric Benny Bloom, introing my good man Jesus, a nice interview with Seth and Rob. Get ready, folks. Because I've seen him with Method a few times. Red's dope. I love Red. I was dude. That show they do is great, right? Oh, together. Yeah, I mean, I'm more Red into Method. Method is ridiculous. And Method is like. A- I mean, together their shows. I've almost never seen two better. Like together, they're so they're so good. There's elements it's of vaudeville. so entertaining, dude. It's like very current yet very vaudeville. You know, like Method knows how to right. work a room. I never thought about that. Yeah, dude, they they. They both really, really know how to work the shit out of a room, like to pieces. Like I'm very impressed. Same thing with Buster Rhymes. Very impressive performance. But not as impressive as our guest today, Rob. Very, very pleased to be sitting here. Hey, likewise. It's uh, it's not the first time. It's actually the second time. Would you say it's the second coming of Jesus? He's been waiting all day to use that. I'm sure he has, <laughs> but I, you know, I'm, I'm here all the time. I'm here, I'm there, I go and I come back and sometimes well, I come back again. Well, there's and a Fra- again and again. There's a Frank Zappa album, Broadway, by the way, it's Eric Jesus Coombs. Oh, you Coombs. can, my new name is Coombs. Jesus Puffy Coombs. Puffy Coombs. <laughs> but on Broadway the hard way, there's a, during, I think Jesus thinks you're a jerk or whatever. At some point there's a Zappa. Just says this, Jesus. You guys could sample it on your birthday or something like that, and you should look into that. Well, I do. I got a new song I just wrote last night or two nights ago, and I was just in my own zone at the crib. It's called "Jesus Got Problems of His Own." It's pretty sweet. It's a country song. I mean, it's a bluegrass. You know, it's whatever you want to call it. I don't really like the genre fi music, but it's definitely a southern sounding number. Number. Is it country and funk? Funk tree? Yeah, it's like uh, Jesus got problems all his own. Heard your cry for help, but there was traffic on the road. Sent angels right away to help, but you told them to go to hell. Jesus got problems all his own. <laughs> Seriously, that's what that's what I heard the other night. You know, since you mentioned songwriting, though, Eric, you write for a lot of other musicians. You've written all kinds of stuff, right? I I'm a big, huge fan of songwriting, and you know, and I like to try it and sometimes it comes to sometimes they just blast in on you like that whole phrase i just sang just blasted it on me all at once well arlo guthrie says and it was like in about 30 seconds or less so i was like okay well there's that and so i usually just don't do anything with it and i go whoa that was weird like a lightning strike <laughs> like well, i guess i could write verses and pre-courses and all that shit i learned or i could just be like whoa that was weird look at that <laughs> and then walk away and do lettuce or whatever i want I don't know. well arlo guthrie says it's like fishing yeah and you just gotta have a pen yeah 
But he also right. says, or, pen, or, an iPhone or a recorder. Yeah, now we just, yeah, I have a I do both. Yeah, for sure. But he also says, you don't want to be downstream from Bob Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> but how do you shop your what stuff? What a trip. You know, like, it's really true. Like, what is the stream? And, um,. What is downstream from Bob Dylan? I don't think that, I mean, I think that's a really funny joke, but really, where is the stream? And the stream is like the stream of consciousness or like the, wherever it comes from, you know, it's really interesting to me. It's like, it's almost like a radio just picked up, uh, it's like I'm an antenna or something or like, I I really, really wonder what it is that we're tapping into because sometimes you'll have a band, like when we play as Lettuce, we oftentimes do stuff where we're free, like we're def- definitely improv- improvising, but we're, do- we're playing the same thing as each other. So like where Deitch and I will play something extremely similar to each other that wasn't written or talked about or anything. Phyllis kind it's of like an antenna. It's kind of the same thing as when a song comes to you. It's like we both were tuned into some sort of a... Go ahead, Seth. No, no. That, you know I, what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, it's just, it's just, there's this thing, and I'm going through this recently. That's why you, what you're saying is really hitting me. Uh, I, I'm going through a transition. I've been asking the universe a like, question. And I find that through music and the audience of music, sometimes they say these words to me. and, and it just it's gets like, answered, right? Yeah, and I'm like, who told you to say that? You don't know me for shit, but you're saying word for word what an answer to a question. Synchronous, what is that? It's synchronistic, um, the way the whole universe is you know, put together like a fabric. It's like I was talking to a woman the other day in a conversation and my brother's DJing about a hundred yards away. So we can't, we're not making eye contact with him. He's DJing at a party. We're talking and she's telling me a story and we're getting like, we're all, well, all of a sudden we're starting to connect frequency wise. And she says something about da da da. And she's telling me a story and she says the word Anita Baker, Anita Baker, the artist and as she says that, I think, oh, my brother just made this Anita. He flipped this Anita Baker sample. I should tell him to play it. And as I'm having that thought, he switches the song to the Anita Baker song that he made out of like hundreds of songs. He's got a, like a couple hundred songs that he goes through in his DJ set. And we're far. I mean, and then it was. And actually, I think we were talking about. Um, no, we were definitely talking about Colonel Bruce. Me and the woman, we were talking about Colonel Bruce and about that, synchronistic and about how he used to read people's minds. And as we're talking about it, like, she's talking. Oh, Anita Baker, and I go, and then boom, Anita Baker comes on from. I mean, this kind of. I mean, probably there's probably other ways to describe it, but I, I believe in science and I believe in us checking into the details on some of this stuff because it's becoming real, more real to me mm-hmm. every day, and it's yeah. it's really good to pay attention. Well, now you 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 are Do you currently practice meditation? I know you used to. Yeah, I I mean I yeah definitely every day. And now, if you say it like that, I don't. I wouldn't say I practice meditation like that. Technically. But isn't music? You know, because yeah, I'm you, always zoning out, meditating on accident, and I'll zone, I'll pop out twenty. So meditation is a part of your. I've been daily accidentally practice. meditating forever, bro. This <laughs> <laughs> is called zoning out. Aren't there out the aren't there elements of improvisation that are med- meditative? I would think that when we're in that, imp- yeah, definitely a hundred percent that all improv is a meditation and all music is a meditation. Well, I did a yoga class two days ago, and at the there's a few meditations in that class I did so two days ago I did at least two meditations and then went home and it's kind of like when you take three deep breaths somebody told me if you take three deep breaths three conscious breaths a day that's a good thing you know and so I definitely try to take moments away from everything and breathe in deep and focus and concentrate and then when we play music we are in some sort of meditation is yeah 
I definitely meditate. And does that ever tie into songwriting? Do you ever meditate in order to I get in a zone trip. To, yeah. to write? I need to start practicing more. To be a million percent honest, I would like to do a little bit more like transcendental meditation on purpose every day, 20 minutes. I did this uh, session with Mike Posner, yeah. a really amazing artist and songwriter. And we, we uh, I'm not sure how much of this I'm supposed to talk about, but we went up to this badass house in Telluride. And uh, it was just like the seven or eight of us. And someone was cooking healthy food for us every day. And um, he's very into meditation. So he And he's really, really nice and smiley. So right when you get there, he's just like telling you how stoked he is about you being a person and, and uh, us being on the planet at the same time. And like how grateful he is to me for, for me showing up to this thing. And I'm just like blessing him back, telling him how grateful I am to, anyway, he loves to do meditation, so he's real nice about it, he's like, hey, everybody, he'll, he'll just stop in the middle, we'll be all writing, and it's about the most badass, like, some heavy songwriters and heavy musicians in there, the seven of us, all the different players, so everybody's really serious, and we'll be in the middle of making some music, and he'll just stop and go, hey, everybody, you guys want to meditate, and he's like, no pressure, if you don't want to, it's, you don't have to, but I'm going to be out here on this, you know, balcony, where it's just like the most beautiful balcony in the universe, all the trees, and you're looking at Telluride, beautiful Colorado. So that's just a meditation all its own. And he's like, come out here on this balcony with me. So we would all do it every day, and we would do it twice a day um, in the morning and at night. And since that session I've been making, I put a, I set an alarm in my phone for like 6 p.m. And, um, you know, sometime in the morning and sometime in the evening, and it takes like 20 minutes, and you mainly don't, it's really just kind of chilling. You're just chilling, like get your mind to shut up and stop judging yourself and everybody and everything for a few minutes. And yeah, I love it. I, I want to do it more for does sure. Does it does it seem to open you up more to those experiences we were just talking about? The more you do that, or is it are they related at all in, in your I, mind? Yeah, definitely. I I mean, I don't know. They're not related in my mind, but I should. They're probably definitely true, Seth, for sure. I would think the more I, I think the more you do those things, the more observant and the the more you seem to like pay attention to life and everybody in it and what's going on around well you. we got listeners so let's have them all take three deep breaths right now let's do it together you ready but let's if not get off the song so when you write a great song how do you shop it to these artists how, how do they get to hear what you've written and consider whether or not to play, cover it i think we need to take a deep breath first bro oh let's do let's do it all right one ready? two three breathe in Breathe out. You just take as long a breath as you can. I feel embarrassed. I wish my breath was a minute in, minute out. You know, breathe in kindness and understanding and now if breathe I drink, out love. If I drink coffee, does that ruin it? Or? Depends on who, how and who made that coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Lisa made it. I'm fine. <laughs> no, she's talking what about What happened the, to the uh, beans the before yeah. they brewed them? Did they burn them up? I don't know. Yeah, I think we're good. Yeah. So, I mean, I find that, you know, meditation is non-denominational, too. You can be... And a lot of people bug out. And I think the first couple of yoga classes I went to, I was really happy that the guru was like, you know... This is not a religion. Like you can be a religion, like that you're, that you are with your parents. Most people are a religion with their parents and their other friends and stuff like that. Or you, you, it's you're really doing that in within yourself, and it's a practice. And so, like, it's important to remember that you can meditate, and I, you can meditate and be a Christian. You can meditate and be a 
Buddhist, a Muslim, and you can you could be not any of those things and meditate as well. And uh, I think it's just a lot of times people get really confused and think, oh, well, I'm a Christian, so I can't do yoga and I can't meditate. And that's total malarkey. Like yoga is a technical, uh, it's a technology. It's a science that they figured out. If you do this series of breathing and these <clears throat> series of m physical movements, your body will feel a whole lot better and like it'll re- it'll like reprogram your brain and it'll do some scientific amazing things where I can't tell you the details, but I know that I felt it a bunch of times and it feels great. And like, yo, Christians meditate and do yoga, stop tripping, eat, right? <laughs> well, I don't know if you I'm want them to stop tripping. You maybe get a start maybe tripping. You can start tripping a little <laughs> here and there on your own time, you know, or our time. Okay, anyway, right. I love you, Christians. I'm a Christian. That's kind of <laughs> like why I bring it Jesus. up. You know? Yeah, I mean, I'm a Christian. It's and we will get into that. We will get into that. But, yeah. I want, but I want to know how you shop your songs. How do these artists find your songs and to consider them to, to cover them? And like, who are, what are some of the ones you're most proud of that have been covered that you wrote? Uh, this is a, a tricky question. So you're saying of all the songs I've written. That Beyond Lettuce, that are done by other artists. Well, I've always had the you know, feeling of that synchronicity. It goes back to synchronicity, and somebody must have told me this. I think my father probably told me being in the right, right place at the right time with the right attitude and the right skills really goes a long way. But having the right attitude, right skills. A lot of people go, okay, I have the right skills. Where's all my money? You know, right. <laughs> it's like right skills, right attitude. So already when you go, where's all my money? You already don't have the right attitude. But obviously you want to get paid and you want to be appreciated for your shit and for your talents and music. And I'm just saying that you got to be in the right place. No one's coming knocking on your door, giving you a record deal or trying to buy your song. You have to find out. And I've heard from all the great songwriters that if you have a really shitty song or a not that well-written song that you're trying to, force feed down somebody's throat they're gonna tell you hey like i'm cool on your song but if you have a really really great song you might want to get to the, somehow figure out a way to play that for somebody i think the hardest part about it is like i'll be you know like a lot of times when you're just trying to make it happen yourself like in between because you never know like these things it's just like fishing that part too you try as hard as you can to be in the right place where someone's making a record with a budget and get that thing heard and sold but some, a lot of times that'll just be because I played bass and I happen to be on the session and be in the room and then I have the opportunity to play it for the artists themselves. Like, you know, that that I'll get back to that in a second. But in between times, you're, you're, you're going, okay, how do I get a song? Okay, I know somebody's working. And you'll get it to the manager or like some of the business people and they'll listen to it and they'll be like, this is amazing. And it's just about them. It's like actually pressing play for a real artist, the actual artist artist. Like, not their manager, not their other friend. Like, even any songwriter knows, really, what you have to do is get that artist somehow sitting there True. and play them the song. Cause well, not the, it's not I, that easy. I, I believe you once rented an ice cream truck and just drove around an artist's house, right? That is incorrect, but it sounds awesome. I would totally do that. That's a great plan. But just because yeah, someone's... I've heard many stories like that of, like, people sneaking into backstage of Billy Joel's with one of those, like, portable, battery-powered... RCA. You know, a CD player, a tape player, whatever... And um, just kind of like walking in and pressing play in his face. But like I've been in a lot of studio sessions with a lot of badass artists that have full budgets and you'd love to play them songs. But the entire session is 
you know, there's not a moment where you can be like, hey, you guys, I got a song. It's like the flow of the session and what they're playing from song to song. They're playing you the most newest, craziest stuff that from all these different, like, it's hard to get in, but basically get in where you fit in on those types of things and try to find those opportunities. Like being in the right place at the right time. You know what I mean? So like a lot of times that means staying in the right place for a really long time until there's a moment where you go, like all of a sudden someone turns and goes, hey, Eric, hey, Jesus, do you have anything? And then you're like, wow, I'm so glad I didn't leave five hours ago when I was getting, you know, it takes a lot of determination, a lot of patience and a lot of magic too, but just a lot of prayer too. I pray to Jesus still, just so we know here. Do you ever get commissioned? Has an artist ever come to you and said, I want a song? Commission? Commissioned. Like, like, hey, Jesus, write me a song? That kind of where they steer you in a direction. That would be sweet. Actually, no, I think yeah. most people, in a way, it'd be good, but in a way, isn't it better to just have a blank tablet? I, I think I'm picking up on... You write songs? No, I'm no? fascinated by it. I've written two, and it was a long time ago, and they no, weren't that great. they're both awesome, then. They're really both awesome. You wrote a long time ago? Yeah, I was I was a front of a band called Robbie T and the No-Tones with a K-N-O-W. Man, bring it back. Let's do this. Let's write some songs. <laughs> All right. I think that, you know, a song is going to come through here. you at any time. I, I figure you have some songs. My my father has a lot of songs, and just people that have songs come through them, they're just, they have songs. Well, a lot of times trying to, this question is so pertinent. How do you get one of those things cut? Well, but you, you Thing you, is, you, you got to have a good demo. I mean, all these people will tell you, have a great demo of it. That's true. But you hit the secret, though. You have to put yourself in way of opportunity. Yes. You have to be able to see where opportunity is, and you have to settle and be patient and, and allow the opportunities to lead to other opportunities. And I think a lot of people just 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 blow right past that. And, you know, it's a science. I don't think there's a – you really – it's a, not it's a science. A it's a skill. You have too, to train yourself. To, as I'm saying you know. this, I know I'm saying this to a lot of people. I can feel, I can feel – you know, like if it, you can really easily be bugging somebody, like, it, you know, but, you know, I don't know. I definitely used to, when I first got in a business, I would bug people and I realized it was definitely bugging them. Like I would call people every day and think, oh, you know, this must be some big corporate operation. And like, I'm just going through the secretaries and I'm probably calling this dude's cell phone like every single day, like five <laughs> times. Like, so you want to do it in a way that's natural and actually feels comfortable. And I think. Really what I've learned the most, the most important thing is start your own project and start your own band. Find people that you can play music with. Don't wait for somebody to come to you. You need to get these songs recorded, whether you sing them. And I think even if you're like, oh, but I don't have a good voice. It's like, well, did Bob Dylan have like the most, Bob Dylan and Kim Burrell are very different singers. You know what I mean? And both are extremely important. It's very important that Bob Dylan sang all that stuff and whatever notes he hit, those words had to be said, and they had to be said by him because he meant them. He could have found someone who wouldn't have meant them as much as him to sing them better and more in key, and that's like, he it's a, just sing your songs. Put them down. Don't listen to how people say you, you suck. If people say you suck, they suck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, you just did a great New Year's run. Not only did you play with Schofield, but you didn't have Shmi, so you had to work in Jeff Lockhart. I know you've known him for a long time. Um, actually, how, how do you know him, but... Jeff Lockhart, first of all. Jeff Lockhart was like a, a lore, a myst, a mythic mystery lore for when we when I my first encounters with him were like, whoa, there he is, and I we'd see him playing. Well, that's just because we had just gotten to uh, Boston, we were from all over the place, and we had heard about him from people like Mark Simmons. Mark Simmons, the drummer from. There was a lot of these cats when we, when we got to Boston. We we're like, okay, those are the cats we want to. They're really great. Your range. 
They're what, really, really great. What about Europe? What, 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 what Europe is great. No, no, no. We what had year, a great what, time in... But no, it doesn't matter. No, what year? Mid to late 90s. Right now. 90s, it's okay. Yesterday. And like, well, these were guys you'd see at Wally's? The, yeah, we would see them at Wally's. That's when I first saw um, Lockhart was at Wally's. And like, his playing is just so cool. So individual. He's such a real individual when he plays. And like, he does this beautiful thing that I think a lot of guitar players could... Uh, or just not even guitar players. Everybody should learn from Jeff Lockhart and how he takes a lot of space in his solos and in the beginning of, in the beginnings of his solo. He'll really create an atmosphere and a, a landscape for, like, speaking in kind of like the this improvisational world, like letting there be just some real substance to the energy of the room before he starts playing a bunch of notes. And that, that's just so well Which played. is perfect for the mild stuff, too. Yeah, and he'll do it in the middle of his solo, too. He'll be taking a solo, and you'll be everybody watching him, and he'll just kind of, like, chill for a second and let it come to him. Yeah, it's that thing. He's picking up. He's becoming the antenna, and he's letting, he's tuning into the frequency, and then, boom, like it's just... He's magic. He's a magician with guitar. So, so I didn't have video. Jeff I just Lockhart. had audio. It sounded like Schofield even altered his tone at points to, to mesh with Lockhart. Like he wasn't doing at always that traditional Schofield tone that we all know. Like he was you kind of adjusting. To it? I want to listen to it. Oh, I, wish, you I, I, was, I, can't, I, I watched it and I felt what they were doing and I did hear it, but it was like in a minute, uh, kind of another zone, another realm. But I would like to listen back because there was some stuff where I remember even stopping for a few I don't know. The, what they played together was really cool. I'd like to hear. Yeah, your folks gave me the 31st, and then we got the audience of the 29th. The 29th has the big, long miles thing. But the, the, when you do Black Satin again on the 31st, it's really Is it nice. Cool? The flu, he comes out. Schofield just attacks the flu. Yeah. He just attacks it. Is that his? Because he, on the first, that's the first set? That's you. you he comes the out to end, end the, the first, first set. set. Yeah. Yeah, because the, that, that was kind of like he didn't, he hadn't played anything yet. Right. You know? So he was ready so to he go. He was just of the first set. He was just going to play that last song. And was that his choosing or yours? Who knows? I don't know. How I mean, aren't you tempted to just have him out there the whole time? It's John freaking <laughs> tempted. I was like, dude, yeah. But I think it makes it for a cooler show. I was, yeah. I'm always like you guys. I'm backstage like, what? No way. Let's have him, dude. No way, John, play the whole thing. He's like, no, we gotta play. We gotta play. Phyllis, let's go. Phyllis, let's go. Did he do any? Uh... Like, we got this, Jesus. He's gonna play the whole second set.
feedback from his fans from his side of the jazz world. He has on fans. The, <laughs> on the New I Year's thought show. he just worked for money. <laughs> John, I'm love you. I'm totally joking. Yeah, no, I don't pay attention to the internet right now, oh. which I was really into like a couple months ago, but now I just don't care, which is really cool to me. Like, I do not care. I mean, I love you, internet. You're cool, and I, it's like kind of refreshing to know you're there, but it's really nice to not look at it for a few days. And I'm not saying I'm never going back, or I probably won't look at Instagram later on, maybe tomorrow or tonight, but it's cool to like not check it out for a couple of days. Well, so you- like, if something just happened... I don't know about it. Well, you might not God. even know. They just announced don't let go. Let with two T's. That's... I do know that, though. Yeah, that. thank you. Thank you. Now, that's going to be Lettuce doing Jerry Garcia band songs. At Lockin. And I'm a huge, oh, huge yeah. deadhead, and I know you got to do the 80s and 90s Jerry stuff, but don't be shy about going back to Reconstruction. Oh, we're at, you know, oh, yeah. Yeah, stuff you played with Reconstruction Martin. for sure. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. I uh, know. I'm yeah, a huge Jerry fanatic. I love Jerry and just what he... I mean, I don't think any of us would be, and like the three of us wouldn't be right here for sure if it weren't. Well, that's we kind probably, of a weird thing. We, to say. we might be, but we wouldn't but have a beard. Of, yeah. Well, totally. We all, we all got. We beards. all have beards. Wait, what are you talking about? I said we wouldn't have beards. Right. So because of Jerry, I realize you should say that in the positive. Be like, what if it weren't for like because it is for Jerry. All yes. three of us are here, and we all three have great beards. You know what I mean? Although you did break from I got them. crystals, I don't think I would have any. I mean, it's just really. It, it's important for me to say so people know like if like Jerry is why we do EDM festivals that's why you know that's why there is a thing called insomniac I get the whole thing like all of it everybody that's partying ever like I don't even <laughs> shouldn't say partying but anyone that's in you can say raging really I guess anyone that's coming together and seeing eye to eye and I think one of the most important things that they taught us and that they continue to teach us is that we all went to this place like we go to these places together in order to be kind and loving to each other. We aren't going there looking for a fight. We're, it, there's so many places where you're going there to argue and you're going there to sh- show off about how much better you are or how much this is more important to you than that. And that's all fine and whatever. But these times marriage. when we go to these places, we go there in order to get along and in order to see eye to eye. And we all want the band to do well. There's no, there's no band that's like, you know, in sports, God bless you sports. I love you too. I'm glad to know you exist. But when you go see a sports thing, there's this against. So you're saying you so don't go, you go on the stage and like Kung Fu, you're going down tonight. It's great that that's not happening. <laughs> you can be even against your own coach, you know? Put Butler in! Put Butler in! Exactly. I mean, oftentimes as musicians, we think, you know, <laughs> there's games we played better than others, I guess, but... It's well, really you know. important. The game we're going there to play is, hey, guys, let's listen to music together and smile at each other. Except and for go ping pong. No, that's where you guys get real competitive. Ping pong is a thing. I'm, I am very much not competitive. Well, I do bowler. like to play well. I like to play a really great ping pong game and get to, to like 21 and lose. <laughs> because I don't feel like I lost. And when I, when I don't win, someone else gets really happy. And I'm already really happy. Wow. So I'm like, oh, yeah, you're happy too. Me too. <laughs> I arrived happy. <laughs> so like, before we get off the New Year's, you were doing a song, House You. And I know you guys usually record the songs and then do them live. But there's been a few exceptions. Is House You, is that yours? And is that... House You? Is that what it's called? Or is it called Lettuce House You? I don't know. It's just... Or is it called Lettuce House? That, I just know what was I think on it's the called end. Lettuce House You? I don't know what... Yeah, we, this is how this happens. Is this going to be... Who, is this, who told you that is what I'm talking about. Well, that's about. on the thing where you, oh, when you, you play it. They yeah, it said House name. You like with the just letter you? you? Yeah, or with, with the, the letter y- you. House You with the U. Hmm. I guess that's what it's called. Was but that the audience recording though? 
Yeah, that was on the audience one. Well, so, actually, no, they did it on both, and they did it at a Halloween too. Well, the story behind the name it maybe comes from this old De La Soul. They did this like sketch where it was like, "Let us house you," or something like that. Maybe we will house you. I don't know. It's Is an it old yours? house song. No, it's an old house song where oh. they said something about you're in, you're in my house now. I was like, "We will house you." It was an old, old ass house song, and De La Soul was doing the sketch, and they were singing the. I don't know. It's. Well, we all like house music to a degree, like when it's really good and it sounds great and you can dance to it. So there's this cool ass house joint we did and we try to play the grooves that we like about the, that genre. I mean, it's hard to even look at genres. Genres is so stupid. It's a four on the floor thing and it is house though. I mean, it's kind of like a house is a term that means a kind of music. Um, but is it a window to the next record? Yeah. Have you guys thought about the next record yet? At all? Oh, it's definitely going on in yeah, we've recorded the whole, yeah, we've thought a it's lot It's all about recorded? It. Oh, dude, yeah. We recorded it before we played it live. Joey Hamilton, too? Again? No? No. Not Joe Hamilton. Who are you working with on this? Russ Elevato. He is the engineer on Voodoo, D'Angelo. He's the oh. engineer on Mama's Gun by Erica Badu. Wow. I'm pretty sure he did. I'm not sure if he did both. I'm pretty sure he did both uh, D'Angelo records, but he's a magician. He's a total magician, and he's like a legend that we had, had always we had always wanted to work with Russ, and when we did, he was really cool, man. He brought a new life to our recordings, and he brought this energy to our session that I was so happy it kind of finally happened for us in the studio. Just like us getting really comfortable, like making records is a lot different than playing live, and being really, really, really comfortable is extremely crucial to making a record and it's hard to get that comfortable so like i honestly don't think we'd ever been as comfortable as we actually got this time in our recording so i'm very proud of what we have recorded right now and it got loose you know like we got loose and we actually made up we improvised whole songs and whole sections in really? the studio which we've never done and part of that is because we always have so much material that we're going in trying to record that we don't even have time to improvise but this time we kind of like finally and a lot of time is the time that you're you're paying for studio right. time and that's expensive so you cut to the chase it gets on your nerves and really the most important part is right when you get in there and you pay for that you got to forget how much that costs and like chill you have to chill but mm -hmm. we finally did this time so it's great and russ definitely brought that out of us i watched him do it and he's he's a magician for just that part alone you know getting it to be a real relaxed environment in the studio and yeah, I'm really happy with what we have. We have way too much material right now, so we have to figure out. We're going to make put it into an album form, but House House will be on there. The Let last, us house uh, you. The last uh, album you did, though, you guys actually had a video crew with you, and they had the documentary Let Us Play. Is that the last album, right? Probably. Well, it was a crush. It was not Mount Crushmore. They, oh, no, the you're, right. Record. you're right. You're right. You're recording yeah, Crush, right? No, I think you're right. Yeah, because we had those. Yeah, Jay Sansone and them mm -hmm. were in there with the... Human being? Human Being Media, yeah. But and if you don't know, humanbeingmedia.com is a great place to go. They make hats. It's a <laughs> wonderful hat company. You can get your hats at uh, humanbeingmedia.com. That's nice And you. did you, were you more relaxed uh, without the video cameras this time? Because you guys seem pretty relaxed. No, we had, a, we had way cooler video cameras, but... Uh, Oh, wait, I shouldn't say way cooler. <laughs> well, they, you know, video cameras get cooler in time. So, but, yeah, we had the new ones this time, the red and everything. But, yeah, we had all the cameras were all up in our grill. But 
you know, I, I completely freaked out actually the first day, but I didn't show anyone. And I think this is a thing that I'm just trying to learn about life and being a human being for all you human beings out there. It's none of anybody's business if you're angry. <laughs> like, it's none of anybody's business if you're freaking out. So, like, showing as few people that you're freaking out, I, I don't know. You should tell your problems to somebody for sure. But, like, I think it's crucial to see, like, people that get shit done in this world. Like, they, you never get, like, really, you never seem, like, screaming and stuff. They always keep their cool. Anyway, so I kept my cool. I didn't actually keep my cool, but I didn't. I only like took somebody outside. I think our manager Morgan and uh, I was like, "Dude, there's no supposed to be cameras. I want the vibe to be chilling here." And then like maybe because I gave them that talk, they just were like, "I didn't even see them, but they filmed the whole thing. They were super cool." And uh, this cat named Ross filmed it this time, and um, he's dope. So like, I ended, we ended up doing interviews with him and talking to him, but they like stayed way out of the way. And it was it was a vibe. And like after a little while, I was telling them, you know, you just go wherever you want to, whatever you want, because they were keeping it so mellow. And I think it was the same way with Jay, too. Like the way that a really great camera crew will like they know that already. They're really trying not to. They want to capture the content of what's actually going on instead of mess with it. So I got a little paranoid for a second there. I'm not sure why I told everyone I kept it cool that day. <laughs> but do you think part of the reason it's comfortable is that even though you've been a band for 23 years and it's in all the press kit and all that stuff, sure. it's really only been eight or nine years where it's been your primary thing, right? So now is the time where you're getting used to playing with each other a lot. I mean, isn't that part of feeling comfortable as a band? True. True, yeah. I mean, we... Well, when we went... We had a lot of time when we were kids when we played together every day, like all day. So that I think that's really important to be a band, you know, and that's how bands become bands. It's like you're just playing every day in the garage of somebody's house or in whatever practice room you got or somebody's place. And then when we start doing that every day, you're like, that's just like what musicians do. You become you start to gel with each other and you're like really learning how to play your instrument because of how they're playing their instrument. And then you're learning how to make music together. And it's not that easy. It's like golf, you know, like you want to get better. Every time you go golfing, you're like, wow, maybe one day I'll play that better. You don't think when you play golf, I don't know if anybody plays golf, but when you play golf, when I, next time I go golfing, I'm pretty sure that I'm not going to make a hole in one on every shot, <laughs> but you sure would like to, but you don't think that that's never really the goal. Like, I don't think that I'm ever going to like win golf is that that would be competitive right Right, you're not setting expectations yeah but so but music it's like wow i think tomorrow we could go back and it'll sound even better like we go back tomorrow it'll sound even better and like it's so tricky and so fun that you're like wow let's just keep working on that so then you that's how a band becomes a band the next thing you know you're like well we've done this every day for five years we sound pretty good and all our friends are starting to say we sound good you just want someone to say it sounds good you know before that's when you call your mother yeah (laughs) Well, she's already said, dude, keep that down. I mean, it sounds good. But keep it down. <laughs> well, you've alluded in interviews that it gets it pretty intense in the studio with you guys, right? I have never alluded to that. No. Okay. I've foreshadowed it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't on. think it gets intense. It's really in, in, in with Lettuce. It's chill. It's a chill environment. We stay friends and we get along really well. And I think our first record, we had played a lot of shows already. So we just went and recorded what we had and. It's been like that. We we go in and do our thing pretty quickly. It does, never gets intense. No. Plus, you eat well. You guys are pretty healthy. And what's what's up with this pearly tea? How do you pronounce it? Why, why is Pu-air. that? What, Pu-air. How, Pu-air tea. What, what, how does that help you? Who knows? 
But you drink it all the time. Well, puerity you... actually helps him party. <clears throat> party with the puerity. You're all right, Seth. I Thank mean, you. when you're right, you're right. Goodbye. You, you're always right. <laughs> Seth likes to force things. Oh. No, so puerity, I've been waking up and drinking it every morning. And it's just like a nice meditation, too. That's a meditation for me, too, because I, what I noticed, just me personally, and this goes for the whole band, we've gotten um, in and out of this, but uh, over just this last break from myself personally, I started realizing that I was waking up and going right to my cell phone like immediately, and I realized mm. this is not something I want to continue doing. So I've been turning my cell, fo- cell phone off when I go to sleep, and um, then when I wake up, I'll put it all the way across the room, keep it off for at least an hour, and I'll, well, just as long as I can, but I'll, I'll just do that first, and I'll put it across the room, and I'll start making tea. I'll boil water, and I'll just make tea. And the way Pu'er tea works is in... Uh, where it comes from in China is it, they give you little tiny cups. So I'll put three cups out, three little tiny cups, and you brew a, um, a bunch of pots. I brew probably like 10 pots of this tea because you don't want to waste the tea. Basically, once you start brewing it, you want to drink all the tea in it until, until it turns back into water. Gotcha. And that, it basically crushes for metabolism. And, it, and so these days I'll wake up and I'll drink one full glass of lemon water. I'll take a whole lemon and I'll put in eight ounces of water. And I'll crush that as the first teapot's um, still boiling. And then the, the little pu'er teapot is pretty small. So you're making like, you know, 10 to 12 pots of that and pouring it. And you want to drink water while you do this because the tea will dehydrate you. And the tannins can hurt your stomach too, right? Not this tea. Not but, at all, huh? But uh, this just this is like the tea that I'm getting is um, it's pretty solid. It's, it's the pure? Like, it's really pure. But that's not what pu'er is. It's from, I don't know. Anyway, what, what I notice about the hot water and the, the tea masters will tell you to drink the tea hot too really hot or as hot as you can stand it and i noticed that's kind of like a sauna from the inside yeah that's the way i like to think about it it's just like and um i don't know like i i'm just when i drink a bunch of tea first thing in the morning there's all these choices you get to make every day you know and you wake up in the morning and you do this and they start pounding all this tea and water and i realized that my stomach is really full for a minute like you know you get hungry eventually but like but not after thirsty. you pound all that you're like okay i definitely couldn't eat anything so it gives my mind time to think about my food choice my first food choice of the day what is it going to be or do i even want to eat right like i really don't want to eat right now because i'm just full of hot water and you know you're like you're you're for lack of a better term urinating a lot and you're just like flushing out everything from the night before because you know we have tough like late night i do a lot of late nights do working music and we all do a lot of late nights just in our scene and and whatever we do. So I try to start out the morning as good and positive and healthy as I can. Cause I know I'm probably going to end up late night in a bar playing music all night or whatever. So try to get it started really great. And that, um, that's a good time to flush toxins though. First thing in the morning, a lot flush. of models and athletes do that. They'll, I, they'll eat fruit and have water. And that's the only thing for the first hour or two of the day. I find it's awesome. Just tea first thing. So then, yeah, it's just great. Then I'll like really forget about the phone for a while and I won't be just like, yeah, it's, t- it's a totally different vibe than waking up and going to your cell phone. Go wake up. And I've been just, I created it on my own, but I have three of the little teacups that I do past, present, future. I just think about like drinking a cup to something, you know, like I drink a cup to my past and I give thanks for anything that, dude, why do I get emotional? 
Okay, I'm we good. We got those tissues there for a reason. I know. <laughs> That's oh really beautiful. Everything that brought you to this place of right, this moment right now and right here. And then I have the teacup in front of me that is the moment, is the right now and the present. And then I have the future cup. And so I'll just keep pouring them and I'll, and I'll drink to the future. And I realize just so many things as I'd sit there in silence by myself drinking, just these thoughts about like what I do right now in this moment becomes the future and it all... and the moment right now is dripping into the past and be, at this moment right here just became the past as we. So if you were a tea, what type of tea would you be? I would be a hibiscus tea. be T for two. Wonderful. Wonderful. Great interview. Thank you, Jesus. We'll have part two for you in the next episode. And uh, I, I would like to talk about some of the shows I've seen lately. Like Trey came here with his trio and did one of the most moving. I don't, I don't want to slight the show. The show was great, too, but the encores were just superb. That Miss You song is maybe the greatest ballad he's ever written. And since he was here in town, you know, for a memorial for his close friend, it was particularly particularly moving. And to see the trio, to see Tony Marcellus, the bassist, who generally in the past has held very standard bass lines to let others shine, in this trio, you really got to see Tony come out of his shell a little bit and play some mm. wild bass lines. And it was nice. Trey definitely was trying to, you know, always tries to give Atlanta a little something. We got a, a Caspian breakout, even though it was a little messy. Twist, which he had only done a, a couple times, I, I found out later because I hadn't been I, just like with the acoustic. I didn't really look at the set list. I just went in kind of naked. So like when he played Camelock, I was all excited. But I guess he's been doing it every night. But that was really cool in the trio setting. 
It was weird how some of the Fish fans would chat away during the quiet moments, but then when he left the stage for the encore break, silence, you know? Really? Yeah, the encore break's the time to be loud, and when they're playing quiet is the time to be quiet. Sometimes Fish fans get that backwards, but I still love them. Well, I wasn't there because I couldn't afford it, Rob. I couldn't afford, you know, being married to go to a show like that. You're looking at- You can't at, afford being married, can you? Uh, it's dumb. Um, it's, uh, what, you know, the tickets were like over 100 bucks, but it, and then you'd add in drinks and Uber and dinner or whatever else. You're looking at like four or $500 a night, and I just could not afford it. Or you could just not drink. But the next night, I got tickets to Beck. Yeah, how was that? Unbelievable. Like, honestly, man, I- I was so impressed. Such a great show. I mean, I, I forgot how many songs of his I, I knew, but the the, the I call, I'm going to call it the whip. And I know we've heard you know bands called the whip and whatnot, but it's just like every song that it was so thick, and the, the musicianship level was so there, and it just whipped me, and it kept whipping me, and I was just Urshno and I were there, and we were just dancing up a storm, having a great time. That night I was working Billy Idol, and I was shocked at how good he was. I mean, the encore, White Wedding, he, he kind of improvised a little, and he stretched it out. He even picked up a guitar and played a little. He really works the room well. Um, I have this friend, Lisa, who works at the Variety, and I've wondered for years why she goes and sees him again and again, and I, I kind of get it now, you know? Yeah. If you're a fan of his, he mixes up his set list. Um, he definitely puts on a great show, and his guitarist is phenomenal. Tremendous guitarist. We really had a lot of good music. I mean, you think about just what came. Some people in town say went from Trey. No, wait. What was the even before yeah, Trey that, was? Uh, Main Squeeze was great. Well, I, no, but big names. I mean, no offense oh, to Main stay. Squeeze. What is that? that just, Future I'm, big name. All right. Yes, yes, yes. I, I don't mean to be rude. I'm just saying is that you had you had Beck, you had Trey, you had uh, who else came through that week? There was like an oh my oh oh David Byrne, and then uh, and. I mean, it was just like, it was a huge... David Byrne at that festival. Yeah. Shaking, that we weren't allowed in. Shaking your... Uh, and I've been going online looking for good interviews out of that festival, and I can't find any. Well, that's because they didn't have Inside Out WTNS there. Go back and listen to our interviews from Shaking Ease from the year before and last year. and, and But, Rob, the, to their credit, why would they not have us is because they... They don't really check things out and what people are doing? Well, I think they probably thought that they... They they probably wanted just festival coverage and not you know giving us access to be able to interview. We did that too. We reviewed the festival. Whatever that I'm, I'm, I'm violating my own thing. I should focus on what we do get and just kicking ass in that. Yeah. Right? And she said it's in our town. It's a, their first year. I hung f- posters and supported yeah, but look, it. Last and now year, they turn their back on us. Last year, if you go back, you were all pissy about Sweetwater, and this year you're happy. So you know you you can uh, you can rub Rob's belly the right way sometimes, folks. It's actually a good point. Yeah, we had a great year at Sweet. Water 420 Festival here. I mean, the music was great, but the presence with working with Osiris, and uh, I did the uh, 419, got a minute to give your Rockshineer auction tent. We raised over $25,000 for several different charities. You know, collectively, that money was split uh, to each band's charity and based off of the items that were sold, and it was just You did such a great job getting all that stuff together and and, and raising that money, Seth. That that is really... One of the very impressive things about you when you do stuff like that. I can't even look at you. I'm so impressed. Oh, well, thank you. And then the press, if we're going to say that, this is, it was really hard for me to actually step out and not try to do every interview. Uh, and, you you know, you, you took the ball and ran with it. Uh, yeah, and uh, I don't mind not seeing much music because the time I was there was mostly focusing on preparing and executing the interviews and then worrying about where sh- my car was parked because I didn't want to get towed or anything. Oh, my God. Nothing. But God. I did get to see the Fritz. They were fantastic. I did get to see the string dusters. At one point, they really stretched stuff out. Oh, I, and you love string cheese. 
String dusters. And I, I know I, you. I thought you were dancing front row for string cheese. I didn't like the possum Tennessee Jed back to back thing. I don't know why a band that wins Grammys for their originals has to cover stuff. And I don't know why they're covering Tennessee Jed when J Rad's playing on the other stage. But I love them. And oh, the possum, I felt bad though because I. I said something to RJ about, well, why are they playing this when they got all these great songs? And then later I learned out, I think they played that for RJ because RJ was there. Because <laughs> he's a host of Helping Friendly. That's funny. Oops. I am a asshole. So tons of music. My God. I, I, I've been seeing more music lately, too, which is uh, uh, a rarity for, for me to be able to see as much music. Not in the future. <laughs> uh, so Anthony DeCurtis wrote this book, Lou Reed, A Life, and came here and played with the Andy Brown Troupe. Did a show of Lou Reed covers, and I, and I got to meet him. Great guy. I think I'm going to get to interview him tomorrow, but um, I have to get an engineer and have to make sure he has time. Um, but damn, this book. Is, see, here's a Rob. Th- Rob. Rob goes to get an engineer, and he goes to the train station. Go ahead. Yeah, it's lame. So, no, but here's the thing. Lou Reed pissed off a lot of uh, writers, writers and journalists. Yeah, so not a lot of people had access to him. Not a lot of people had a full assessment of who he was but anthony de curtis and he he kind of credits credits it to the fact that i think it was on the way back from south by southwest or something somebody introduced him to lou socially in an airport and they got to know each other socially before he established a journalistic relationship with him so that that maybe is why lou let him inside in ways that <laughs> others haven't so it's pretty cool it's an amazing book and well i'm glad you got to read it uh and in it's a not day. <laughs> It's not sugar-coated, though. I want to point that I out. A lot of these out. rock biographies can be sugar-coated to a disgusting extent. This celebrates him, but it also tells the whole story. I got a question, Rob. So you, you so lately, this is like the second or third book that you've um, talked to publicists and got. Now, I'm curious if um, if the publicist takes their time getting you the, the book like that, or if they just say, do they offer you? Let me rephrase it. Does the publicist offer you? Well, I can mail you the book. It might take a little time, or I can give you a digital download. Uh, Andy didn't even mention a digital download. Andy Brown set me up with it, and yeah, it did. I mean, it's the thing about podcasts. We're way low on the totem pole. You know what I mean? I think that's part of the reason we don't, we aren't able to confirm. These publicists want us to do well-researched interviews, but they often don't want to confirm until close to the time. And in, in this case, with the publisher, I think the fact that a po- podcast was asking, they were not really motivated to get it. So yeah, I got the book about a day before Anthony a- arrived here in Atlanta, and that was unfortunate. But I have read most of it, and hope, hopefully he'll interview me, and I'll have it done by tomorrow. See, the, there's two types of podcasts from my uh, two types of publicists from my perspective, Seth. I've said this before. Pips and Pops. Pips are the podcast ignorant publicists, and Pops are the podcast aware publicists. And as time goes by, if you're if you're a Pip, even the big names, it's going to come back and bite you in the ass. So don't be a Pip. Be a Pop. Pay attention to podcasts. Support podcasts. It is the future of radio, particularly if you're in a platform with a bunch of other completely awesome podcasts like we are. Thank you, RJ. Thank you, Tom. So that's our episode. Uh, hey, well, I no, got, wait. I, I'm going to give a contest here. I'm looking at through this book of photos. Yeah, it's got, incredible um, photos. We mentioned uh, we mentioned uh, Green Sky. Um, not at all. So is I'm that, gonna is go that Dave Van? Dave Van's an amazing photographer. Not the greatest conversationalist. He like wants to get into arguments over fish minutia, which I can't think of anything more. Stop it, bro. Pathetic. Stop it, bro. But he is an amazing photographer. Well, I've got a uh, Green Sky bluegrass pick here from. Um, I'm not sure where, but it doesn't matter. It's uh, 18 by 20 or something like that. Anyway, it's a nice print. Uh, if you 
listen to this, the first person to email insideoutwtns at gmail.com, I will mail you this print. It's not signed or anything wow. like that, but it is a beautiful print. So uh, first person to email us at insideoutwtns at gmail.com. Oh, we got a winner. I'm just kidding. It's a podcast. This isn't live, folks. That's hilarious. Um, one last thing, Seth. Can you tell our listeners what you're going to be doing uh, in line at the Fox Theater? Waiting. Uh, no. So Nine Inch Nails is doing a tour and they are releasing tickets only available at the box office. So they're doing a big box office sale. They're trying to, you know, no tickets online, nothing. You have to show up. So this Saturday, uh, which is uh, what is it? May uh, something was it May 19th. Uh, I'll be I'm, I'm the line entertainer. So basically, it's I'm just walk- Seth. They couldn't afford both of us. But <laughs> at least they've got Seth. Well, th- we were we t- first we initially. So. We initially talked about it being a uh, an auction where I would do like a flyaway package and all that. But there'll, there'll be iHeartRadio is going to be there and there's other other stuff going on. They've got Whole Foods that are going to provide coffee and I'm going to be in line. I'm going to take like I'm going to do different, you know, activations and silly stuff, you know, like so you want to hear one of them? Sure. All right. So I'm going to and then t- we'll end the podcast. All right. So we're going to take uh, um, stanchions, red, you know, stanchions, like the red velvet stanchions and make a little small box. And then I'm going to put someone into it and be like. How well does your mother know you? And then I'm going to ask them. First, I'm going to call their mom, make sure they're available. And then we're going to go ahead and take the mother and put her, you know, we'll call her in a second. And then we'll ask the person four questions. They'll say the answers and everyone hears them in the, in the area. And then we'll call the mother and we'll put the mother through this through the speaker of, you know, the PA. And the mother will answer the same questions how well, and see where they uh, connect. And we'll be giving away a bunch of free stuff. It'll be a lot of fun. I mean, that's just one silly idea. But it's a... Uh, you know, a little, it's it's my first uh, gig over at the Fox, and it's taken like what I've been doing at Cloud9 and all those events, uh, being an entertainer, an MC, and now doing it here in our neighborhood. It's like the newlywed game from Mothers. Stick around next week, folks. We'll be back. Big thank you again to Josh Thane, Wonder Dog Sound Production Studios. Josh Thane presents. And uh, in the interview, we mentioned a song, House. It's listed as House You, but Let Us House You might be the name of it, whatever the case. New Let Us Song. Here it is right now. Halloween is party time officially. Let's do this. Let's do this.
Yeah.